welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, everybody. I'm in a Welcome one. to a Knock On Podcast. It's one, you know what's weird is we started out where I didn't actually start out. I've been on podcasts where I've said, you know, are we going to start? And they've intentionally said, actually, let's just pretend like we're mid into a conversation. Let's and have a th- pretend bullshit yeah, conversation. Like, we like it when, we like it when people feel like they're just like walking into a conversation. I'm like, I hate it when I walk into it. If I walk into a conversation, then I want to step back and like be like, I wasn't invited at the start of this conversation. So I don't want to have to ask questions and find out what's going on. Yeah. So you <laughs> legitimately came into a conversation, everybody. We didn't make that happen for like dramatic effect. So Trevor. We got a high five, man. Me and my man Trevor Thompson, good buddies, and we just said we're you're like ten and a half months from learning archery. Is that yeah. about where you're at? Yeah, because uh, May, April, April. It was April. Yeah, we were on a hunt. We were on a turkey hunt with uh, Traeger Mendez. Uh, Andy was there. It was quite the hunt. Yeah, because you were. Ian. Yeah, you were saying, I want to learn how to shoot, and mm-hmm. I think we said, hey, dude, we're going to have downtime in the middle of the day. This is a turkey hunt. Do you want to come? And you're like, yep. And it, somebody dropped out of that bear hunt. Oh, that's right. Andy calls me. I was like on the way back from something, and he's like, hey, man, by that's the right. way. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what's awesome about all of us that don't necessarily have to submit vacation time. Things on the fly a lot of times work best for me. Yeah. Every time I try to plan stuff out, it's almost worse. If I have to plan out every detail of a trip, it's almost worse than if someone just calls and they're like, hey, dude, can you go hunt next week? Yes. Yeah. I have an open week. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you jumped in on the bear hunt. We should – well, let's backtrack. Let's go back to – let's go back to – what had what got you interested in archery, I guess, from the start? And then let's just go to that hunt. I mean, and then we'll so we'll what, backtrack and then we'll get caught up to date for this podcast. What had me interested in wanting to learn archery and bow hunting was I wanted to hunt and to hunt stuff that I could then process and have as food, right? So that was a, a thing that I wanted to learn. I didn't grow up doing it. I didn't have that exposure because you grew up you grew up north la yeah and then let's just let's go back one step further just for a time being if i'm sure you're like me and it's going to weird you out if i have you kind of have you talk about a little bit about your background i I really hate it when people ask me to do that so sorry i'm gonna be that guy but uh you grew up in north la Mm -hmm. and did you had you guys moved when you decided to enlist? So, um, I grew up on the north side of Los Angeles, Agora Hills, and then I had moved to Chicago to go to school there. So I went to the Chicago Art Institute. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I went to art school, and I was there. I did know that, but I, I didn't there, know it was yeah. in Chi-Town. Yeah. What, what year was that? Oh, six. Oh, it was? Yeah. 
awesome. So, so I was living in Chicago. Was that close to the Bean? Yeah, Where? I was living in downtown. I was living okay. in the Loop. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. So the Loop is like downtown, downtown, for whoever's listening, um, right near the museum and right near all the big, huge buildings, like the Sears Tower. It's like yep. right outside the Loop. Um, so I was living down there, and that was 06, and I just didn't feel like I was getting what I wanted out of that program. And I was you like, You always well, liked art when you yeah, were I always in liked high art. school and stuff. It was like a choice between art or music for me. Uh, my mom was um, a fine art major, I think, uh, in Arizona. My dad's a bronze sculptor, um, really great draftsman and cartoonist, and had worked for the Daily News. Now he's uh, with the LA Times mm-hmm. doing uh, sports cartoons. Okay. So it's in the family. Yep. And I'm at school, and I just, I mean, that was full swing for the war. You know, like, the U.S. Yeah. is deeply involved. And we have a long family history. Like, we've had family members in all the way back through both sides of the Civil War, um, Revolutionary, let's see, Spanish-American, uh, First World War, Second World War, Korea, Vietnam. So, like, we've had family members that are not, like, second third cousin type thing like direct lineage all the way back so it wasn't a totally left field action for me yeah to say hey i want to do something and if i'm going to do something um i had read a lot of books about the lerps yeah so like the 75th ranger guys that did all the long range patrols um my dad had given me those books when i was younger and i found them really interesting he found them interesting so yeah i read them and that must have sparked some thought in my mind i'm like well i'm a decent athlete and if i'm going to do this i'm going to do something really rewarding so what's really difficult and rewarding so i chose all right i'm going to go be a navy seal you know <laughs> can you imagine how silly that that sounds Dude, like as an art art you know student funny like, to just me like is, ridiculous it's funny to me to hear you say mm. that you were semi-athletic yeah so you weren't like an all-star athlete no uh i mean I was a good athlete. Like I had good mile times. I had good long. What'd you do? Long what were jump. your main sport? Were you track? Long jump, triple jump, and then I ran cross country. So like the five k. Did you do any type of like contact stuff after? Did you do any contact stuff or any gun stuff at all prior? No. You didn't. No. That's in a way. That's that's why you're so damn. Like, you're so precise in action with how you handle all that because you were a perfectly clean slate. No habits. I had shot a... That um, is crazy. I had shot a replica Sharps, you know, like from Quigley down under. Yeah. And a couple like Winchesters and other stuff that my granddad's friend had. That's it. Once. Like those are the only weapons I'd ever touched before, before I like left for the Navy. (laughs) <laughs> when was the first time you shot? How far, how long that, did it take? like those. I mean, when you go there, do you guys go to basic first? I don't know yeah, how so it works for the Navy side. So. The way it works is, um, you, like, I'll backtrack I, on the story, but the, yeah. like what it works is uh, you go to a recruiter and you enlist with a contract intending to do whatever the job is. Yep. Um, and for me, I went in and told them what I wanted to do, and they pointed me in that direction, and then you sign the contract, you go through maps um like the entry program stuff in whatever city you're in and then oddly enough i didn't know this i didn't really do the research that great uh (laughs) boot camp for the navy is in great lakes 
which is just north of Chicago. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> it's in Great Lakes. Like Great Lakes, Michigan. Oh, or, I didn't or Illinois. know that. Great Lakes, Illinois. I think it's Illinois. So yeah. d- what's it? Uh, it's like 45 minutes north of Chicago or something. What's at Navy Pier? Like, what do they park there? Is that just a tourist attraction I now? I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, one year later, I get to turn around and spend another winter in Chicago. <laughs> Isn't it weird <laughs> that I've never asked you a question that's like truly about your past? Oh, yeah. Because everything that we... Welcome to the internet. Now it's time. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I hardly ever talk to Andy about that stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we just pick up on where we're at now, what we really like in our families. Like that's where we, where we gravitate to. It's cool because, and probably a reason why we all gel so well is like, we don't live in the past, which I think is a really important. It's an important part of, it's like it's cool. a person's it's like cool. people need to be able to do they yeah. need to be able to understand like what you did before gets you to where you are and that's that's super true right now for me um just the other day I posted around around that I shot and some current pros came out and started throwing some little stones at me you know wanting me to jump back in the tournament world with them and it's you know, I just look at it. I'm like, it's so petty. You know, I shot 10 years ago at, I shot, so I started shooting 20 years ago competitively. 10 years ago, I decided to move on. And now I'm like getting more or less challenged to go back into something that I was, Done. it was a stage of my life. <clears throat> but like I have other, st- you know, I've moved on to other things. But in the same sense, when you meet someone, I'm for, for me this is fascinating hearing it because it's almost it's almost like like a double introduction. It is it yeah. kind of is, you know, it kind of is and it's I mean it's cool but pick back up. Yes. I had to jump so, in because I was like sitting here thinking but I feel I'm a listener way. right now. Like it's like a cool I felt like a listener. It's like cool stuff I did but I don't do anymore. Yeah. You know, but it got me able to participate in things and meet people that I'm meeting. Yep now oh yeah yep um yeah so the process is you you go to the recruiter you talk to the recruiter um and uh everybody at home and everybody at school thought i'd just gone bananas like oh trevor's lost his mind like skinny you're like hey everyone field, cross I'm country not, guy. that's like me when i was you know directly opposite playing football yeah and then I'm like, hey, everyone, I'm going to work for this archery shop for four, ten an hour. <laughs> go People are like looking around like, what? <laughs> what just happened? That's what happened. And there was like one or two people that. You're like, I'm leaving art school to be a Navy SEAL. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever shot a gun? No. <laughs> yeah. How well do you swim? Mm, so-so. Yeah. So uh, I went home. Well, I finished the year out because I told my parents, I'm like, I'll, I'll finish the year. Yeah. Like, I'll put in a leave of absence. I'm not going to, like, no kidding, drop out. Yeah. Um, put in a leave of absence with no intention of ever going back. <laughs> um, and immediate, immediately, yeah, permanent leave of absence. Immediately started training. So I was like, I was living in like a 30 story building, 40 story building, started running the stairs, doing a bunch of calisthenics. Like, had you researched like buds? <clears throat> Was buds on your mind? Mm. It seems like everyone just wants to know how do I get through buds. Kind of. But I had like a more of a romantic view of 
what I needed physically to get through the culture. Yeah. And then uh, I ran into Stu Smith's books, which are very calisthenics-based. Yeah. Especially at the time they were. And there wasn't a lot of information out in 06 about, like, the SEAL teams. And yeah. You know how to get through the training, or they're, they're like none of the movies had come out. Like there weren't any books. Like it, there was a few SEALs books, but weren't they all like Vietnam? They were all or? Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. I, what I mean is there were no modern takes on what what yeah. it was. So there was no. All those books you read, those books like Buds is like two pages of yeah. the f- preface. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we did this thing and yada yada yada. You know, Da Nang. Like, yeah, I'm in Vietnam. You know, so yeah. there's none of like the the stuff that goes into it now. Um, and so I just kind of went at it a little blindly and started really hammering down on early CrossFit, um, Jim Jones workouts, which were run by Mark Twight, yep. um, who I'm now working with, which is cool because I've told him that and you got to laugh out of yeah. it. He's like, oh, that's, yeah. that's kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, so it was Jim Jones and CrossFit, um, early CrossFit, and a lot of calisthenics and a crap ton of running. Like I was yeah. running a lot. And that, that actually carried me through training. Like I never got any lower extremity injuries, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is based on the amount of running I had been doing my entire life. How much of your like swimming <clears throat> capacity do you I was a really good value towards just your running, like your, your lung capacity from the running aspect? Mm. The way we swim in buds, a lot. Because it's a lot of like big fin gear swims. So it's leg driven. Okay. It's not technique driven. Okay. Your your 500 meter swim for the PST, yeah. for the test, uh-huh. you need good technique to get decent times if yeah. you're an, if you're just an okay swimmer. Yeah. Um, but like I went home after that year and my parents said, hey, you can stay at home, like no cost, um, you know, please get a job or do something. Yeah. So I got, I went home and uh, my dad linked me up with a friend of his that he went through, went to high school with and was a camp counselor with and he was running a summer camp mm-hmm. and they had me as a camp counselor and a lifeguard so yep. I was like a pool lifeguard yep. at the pool um so i was able to swim laps and i would go and it was at a high school so i was running track and field stuff i was just doing track workouts yeah and then my high school let me come back and work out at the gym so i was, yep. I was hammering like i showed up to boot camp like 169 pounds and like 5% body fat. Like I was like shredded, which <laughs> frankly, if anybody's listening and wants to go to buds is a terrible idea. <laughs> I got so sick. Like I showed up and like all the illnesses of the universe are at boot camp. Yeah. And man, they do not feed you incredibly well. I was on a super strict diet. And so I showed up and it was just like soul crushing. <laughs> you know, my body was like, what are you doing? This is like going to an airport and never leaving. Yeah. Is That's this Chef Boyardee? Like. <laughs> what the hell yeah. is this? Why are they serving us <laughs> boiled mashed potatoes? Like, did this come out of a bag? Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, it did. Yes, it did. Look, yeah, they're pouring absolutely. more. Yeah. Um, so you go through boot camp, and boot camp's the same for everybody. It doesn't matter what program you're signing up for. You could be an x-ray tech. You could be going to be a Navy SEAL. You could do... All these are prospected programs, so it's just a preparatory to be in the military. You're learning super basic stuff. And some of it just comes down to basic habits and discipline. Can you learn how to make a bed? Okay, well, if you can learn how to make your bed well, you can probably learn how to do this other thing well. And then, you know, by the end of the eight weeks, you're shooting a gun, you do a very basic test. Um, You're taking tests on Navy things like tying knots and... Uh, basic, basic seamanship, 
um, like red right returning, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what this means. Yeah. Um, you do like a like a flood test in a, it's like a like a, I don't know, like a stress day. Yeah. Where you go into this ship, it's like a pretend yeah. ship, and you yeah. do these, you do like a firefighting thing where you like put out a fire. And yeah. So that's the very end of the whole program. Yeah. For boot camp, super basic. Still ruins people. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone there is like, I want to be a SEAL. In, so the, when I joined. <laughs> like the, the recruiter's like. Yep, you're going to make it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you too. Yeah. yeah. So when I joined, um, they were putting all the special operations. And I'm putting that in quotes because some of it's technically special operations and some of it's like special. Uh, I don't know. They've relabeled stuff so many times. While I was in the Navy and now that I'm out, it's been relabeled. But it was like guys that were going to be divers, SWIC, um, which is like, I don't remember, combat crewmen. They drive the boats. Um, and then uh, what else? Like rescue swimmers. Yep. And then guys that wanted to go to BUDS and be SEALs. They mm-hmm. put us all in the same class. Yep. Like boot camp class. Yep. I'm trying to remember how many guys there were. Some were around, I don't know, 100-ish or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> and of those guys, I think like four or five of us made it <laughs> through buds. Yeah. It was something like that. Maybe, maybe less. Yeah. Um, but for us, we were in a pilot program for a pre buds, which now is very smooth. It works well. And at the time uh, they were still figuring stuff out. So, um, it had all of us from boot camp as a class joined with some people from the regular Navy that had come in and wanted to go to buds. And then we all go to BUDS, and then BUDS is pretty well documented um, how it functions. Yeah. You show up, you you class up, and there's three phases, and you lose the bulk of the people in the first phase and some of them in the second phase, and then by third phase you're relatively well hammered out on yeah. who's going to make it through. Yeah. Um, but running, the amount of running I did, yeah. being in track and field and being like a skinny track guy yeah. oddly helped a lot. Because I had no lower leg injuries, nothing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, rolled ankles, but like no overuse injuries, no, yeah. no IT problems, no knee problems, no hip problems. No. Does that take a lot of back? guys out that a would lot. probably yeah. be legitimate? <laughs> we had a lot of guys that were good athletes, um, that got hurt. Yeah. That that do get taken out by that like injury or sickness. But the reality is that most people will quit far before their body does. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times offhand, like I can't throw a number at you, but it's very, very, very small that I've actually seen somebody have like physical bodily failure. They've gone that far. Yeah. Most people just quit. Just break. And that's not bad. It's not me being derogatory or negative. It's just a reality. And, what they're looking through in that pipeline and that selection process is can we find people that are willing to push themselves to the point where they could possibly physically fail? Yeah. They don't want necessarily to get you there. They don't want to see somebody get hypothermia or hyperthermia or act physically get broken. Yeah. But what breaks first body or mind? That's mind. what they need. It's to mind. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they're looking for because most people break, their mind breaks so far ahead of when their body actually would. They're like, yeah. I'm done. This is it. 
no, dude, you have like five more hours. <laughs> then you'll break. I promise. <laughs> you know, and, but the program works because the guys that make it through, you know, occasionally, just like with any sort of. So had you even shot a gun yet? The Winchester <laughs> and the Sharps. Yeah, so I I shot weapons that were like 200 years old or 150 years old. No, but you still hadn't like grabbed an AR. Not an AR. You shoot a shotgun and a pistol. I think a Beretta. I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Somebody look it up and go for it. I don't care. Yeah. 2008, we shot a pistol of some sort and a shotgun on a very easy qualification just to, you know, yeah, here's the sharp end. It goes that direction. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's kind of how it works in boot camp. Yeah. Um, coming from my perspective now. At the time, yeah, you're, it's a little more anxiety driven. Yeah. But, yeah. So, no. Not until third phase has I had I really shot anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hilarious. But it worked out well. Um yeah, I think it's a it's a I blank slate type of scenario. Yeah, blank um, slate is. I, I tell people I would rather teach a man or a woman, usually women, because uh, it's, it's females that ask. Like, yeah, I agree. Oh, you know, I'd like to learn to shoot. You know, w- would that be okay? I've never touched one. I'm like, I would absolutely much rather teach you how to hold a weapon. Yep. Um, and how to shoot one because as long as you can get over the shock or the stress of that kind of thing happening in your hand. Yep. You know, a, a small explosion, um, which men, women, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody jumps or gets a little fidgety when they shoot the first time. Yeah. Loud I would, I would rather somebody that's never as a kid pointed their finger and gone pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. Cause even that instills some sort of weird ha- habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I agree. Like, I'm glad I'd never touched a bow before we met. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it probably helped. Yeah. A a lot (laughs) of my filter process of when someone, and it's not because I don't like, it's it's not because I don't like a challenge, but a lot of times when people say, hey, can you help me out? And I'll, I'll kind of troll their social media. Yeah. Just to just to get a feel for like what am i working with because if it's if it's really bad a lot of times i have to be honest with myself of what's my like what's my true time assessment you know if this is something that i know i can't fix in a few days then in the end i'm going to have like this piece of work out there that it's never a, gets finished yeah it's an unfinished time suck yeah yeah that's yeah exactly so from my point of view, it it's a bummer in a way that I either work with people that I've worked with for a long time or I work with someone that's never really done it. And it's mainly because I have windows, you know. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked <clears throat> about this today. We're close friends. I mean, I probably have a dozen people that are within my phone chain. Yeah. Sharon and Harry are two of them. You and Andy are two of them. And I remember texting you in like, what was it like October or something? Mm. Yeah. Something and just like saying that. like, sorry for being a bad friend. Yeah. Cause I mean, and I was like, dude, it's okay. Yeah. Cause <laughs> from August 24th. <laughs> yeah. From August 24th when, when I went to Alberta with Andy 
from then until October or November, I mean, I was off the map for yeah. most, which I, I think I told most of my close friends, I'm like, hey, just so you guys know, this year I'm mashing the pedal. Like yeah. I'm going after, I remember you I'm going that. after a big year and I'm going to be gone. So, I mean, I just knew like time availability to commitments were just minimal. So in a way you have to, I mean, working with people that have clean slates, you can give them the fundamentals and say, only work on this. Like you might be tempted to go watch something that's going to make you think, why aren't I doing this yet? Why aren't I doing that yet? It's like, nope, this is totally fine. With <laughs> jujitsu, I was like that with Andy. Yeah. I was a hundred percent. Like I was so happy with the fact that they gave me fundamentals of working on. And then in that second hour, Andy's like, you know, we're going to do some rolling. And I kind of thought, dude, I'm fine doing this drill for like a week. Yeah. You know, I'm fine just doing this. I don't feel like I need, I don't want to know step two until I'm really comfortable with step one. But I know there's a point where it's like, no, you need to, you need to learn step two. You need to practice step two. You need to learn, or step one. Then you learn step two. And once you start doing that enough, step one will naturally get better. Like I know that at times that stuff applies, but in the same sense, you and I are very similar in like today I was talking to you about very specific things and yet I'm seeing you hang up on stuff where it's like, okay, dude, we worked on that. <laughs> like I know it's Last not, year. yeah, I know it's not perfect, 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 <clears throat> but I told you, I'm like, it's good enough to focus on something else. Like don't drain all of your conscious effort into this thing that, Yes, it's not perfect, but in a in a way, like it'll get better if you move on to this other part too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, mm, dang it! I know <laughs> what. So what? <laughs> getting back to this, <laughs> what was the first? So the first thing you shot was a pistol and a shotgun. Yeah, and then besides the cowboy guns, <laughs> so, so you were, so you passed buds, mm -hmm. and then and then what did you go into? So I graduated BUDS, and then from, from BUDS, you go straight into SQT, uh, SEAL qualification training. Mm -hmm. So when you graduate BUDS, you, um, you're you not a SEAL. Yeah. And the way it used to work is you go to the team, and then they put you through STT, mm -hmm. which was uh, like an organically held qualification training for brand new SEALs, and you were kind of on a probationary yeah. status. You didn't have your BIRD yet. Mm -hmm. So the way it works now, and the way it worked then when I went through was we'd um, graduate SQT, get our birds, and then you're you're still kind of like there was still the air from the old, like the STT days where you were like, dude, you're on probation. Yeah, you're not really here. Yeah, you know, you're here, but you're mm. you haven't done anything to <clears throat> really solidify shit. this. Which was tough for some of those guys because they had to go through that program like that. But it was also hard because I know guys from my class that showed up to their team and almost immediately deployed. Oh yeah, you know, so I didn't even think that. It was a reality. Yeah. It wasn't a reality for me. Um, my first deployment was months later, like yeah. many, many months, like six, ten months later. Yeah. But some of those Which guys. Which is still quick. Some of those guys two months to later. Me, yeah, but some of those guys seem... showed up the team and like two months later, three months later type of like, no, dude, get overseas. You're going, you're, you know. <laughs> we graduated in June and then by the fall they're in Afghanistan. 
Yeah. So, but that was the pro- that was the process. We, we graduate, we get our birds. Um, your trident. Looking then, uh, back, do you think <laughs> those guys? I mean, obviously they're getting like trial by fire, right? Mm-hmm. Which, in a way, which is how it is, kind of at all the teams. They do a relatively good sprinkle along uh, amongst the SEAL teams and in the platoons. So you're not going to end up at a team with more than a couple people that you were in class with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had a relatively small class. I graduated with 19 people. Okay. So it was like me and two other guys went to the same team. Yeah, I was going to say. So it was pretty small. Number-wise, you, number you wise, that would be about it. Yeah. It's just a few. It's a handful of guys. And so you would so go in. Um, and then you're new until the next new guys show up. <laughs> <laughs> and so was that your – was that the E rank? Like you're an E – yeah, so e uh, e seven or something enlisted or something? is E anything. So I was an E4. Yeah, E4 when I got to the team. So what does E4, that mean? E5. Like how does that break down? So you show up to the Navy and you're an E1. Okay. Which is like a, a seaman. Yep. Um, and I, I can't remember what the next two are. And then it's petty officer, third class, second class, third class, and then your chief, and then a senior chief, and a master chief. And those break up like E123 and then E four five six and then e seventy nine okay it's kind of how those break up um like three 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 so is that is that number at all designate like where you fall within a rank your, structure but yeah in it, your specific team like it can okay um the seal teams a lot like dive teams um, or any other job that relies heavily upon the experience of the personnel yeah yeah. often you so militarily you're reporting and you are underneath somebody above you yeah by rank and structure Mm -hmm. but you might be able to tell somebody in a way that you're actually in charge so um i was at a team where i drove a like a submersible that i was an e5 telling lieutenants and chiefs, no, this is how it is. Yeah. Um, end of the day, they had the bottom line on it. So if they really felt obligated to tell me, no, do this, yeah, I would do it. Yeah, you have to fall within l- legal rank. Yeah, I guess. within within limits. You know, yeah. if, if I was like absolutely like if I really had a concern, yeah, then it just wouldn't happen. But we would have a discussion after. Yeah. But that there are scenarios where, um, I know there's tons of stories from Vietnam of guys running squads and running patrols like in the LERP teams and those dudes have been in the military for three you know three years yeah and they're in charge of guys that are about well above them rank and structure wise so yeah it it does put you on the ladder in a specific spot but that spot has a little bit of leeway when dealing interpersonally yeah. amongst the platoon when you I guess going from that Obviously, there was crazy training involved. Um, yeah, and boring training. <laughs> there was, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I would, I would have gobbled that. I'm up. super good at Tetris. <laughs> I can put a shipping container together like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. Well, once that was done, mm-hmm. I mean. At no point have I really realized what made you want to just pursue, like, bow hunting from the food aspect. 
So I like um, what really connected that. So the connection for me was I've always been relatively health conscious. Yeah. And kind of like a, I mean, experimenting type of nerd about that sort of stuff. Um, I think you you can see it through my like. Were you picky stuff. on diet when you were when you were on the team? Mm-hmm. I mean, were you like not all the time, but some of the time. Um, just going waves. Some of it was. You tra- felt how it changed your body. Oh yeah. Just because you've, I mean. I mean, I was an athlete like yeah. my whole life, so I. And had if you've un- always eaten clean, did mm-hmm. your parents eat clean? Like, um, did they ate on the clean side of like the American diet. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have like a bunch of fast food and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like we were eating kale salads and you know steamed salmon. <laughs> that is a really cool part about California. Is overall you can walk one block and eat way cleaner. Like out here in Iowa, Sharon and I have to we have to make an effort to drive somewhere where we have can really good <laughs> options. Um whereas, you know, when we go out to California, Joe and I can leave his studio and find I mean we I'm literally passing places where I'm like, God, I gotta drive an hour to see that one, one, that one, that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's like stacked. And there's like a whole stack every five miles. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean that from that aspect it's cool. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, you have year round produce that's good. Yeah. In Southern California. Yeah, I guess so. And you have year round everything that's pretty much there. I mean granted I'm coming at this from like the upper middle class um, type of neighborhood, you know? So that does influence the restaurants and the grocery stores that are in the area. And me being an athlete and how my parents were both athletes. My mom was a swimmer. My dad was a track and field and football and baseball guy. Brothers are both athletes. Like that kind of influences the food that's that's at home. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be sitting at home in heaven fried chicken on Mondays and pizza on Tuesdays and you know and then have to work out five times as hard to <clears throat> exactly like to get to get a, the back same to, workout back to baseline yeah so, so um, did your did any of your other family like the fact that you're hunting now did any of them are they like man that's cool that you're literally eating as clean as you can oh yeah, yeah. and my dad wants to go really do something at some point oh that'd be cool yeah and both my brothers want like have been like, well, I want to, I want like they're seeing the effect and they're feeling it. And what's crazy about <laughs> that to me is the fact that the first thing that you did that you were public about was the bear hunt. Yeah. And I mean the fact that because bears are like the line. They have a weird. Yeah. People get weird about bears, which I'm yeah. I'm a bear guy. You know that I love. I really. I have a ton of respect for bears. Oh, I yeah. really like bears. To me, bear hunting is it's it's up there. Like my I mean it's a, it's a really cool If all bear hunts were spot and stalked the way I do them up in BC with with uh with now Nick is who I go with um Chocolton River Outfitters. I don't think I could have done it if it was the other way. Yeah. I agree. I think I, like, I would have honestly felt, I felt over weird about it. A, it it has with a that place. creature. Yeah, it has a place and it is fun and I've done it. Um, but there's also like from your aspect and Andy's aspect, like I think if when I first hunted with Andy, if I would have told him like 
we're going to Alberta to hunt bears and then we hunted them over bait. I think he would have, he probably would have enjoyed like being outside and the shot execution. But the fact that that first, the first thing he shot was a bear off the ground and it was spot and stock, even though we were in a place that allowed baiting, but it was spot and stock. It like, I saw it in his eyes immediately. He was like, I mean, it was like just this light bulb went off. And then for you too, our adventure last year was legitimate. I mean, with you and Barklow, who both of you have seen some pretty amazing stuff from stories I've heard, you know, stories I've been able to hear in camps. um, I mean, Barklow legitimately was geeking out about her hunt in BC last year. That was like, so fun to see. Yeah. Oh man, he, I was so stoked about that. Yeah, he was geeking out. You were geeking out. Then you shot your first bear, and then you just dove in to the whole like skinning process, skinning it, breaking it down. Meanwhile, yeah, you guys came back, and I was like elbow deep with Dusty. <laughs> yeah, and that's. I mean, it's coming up pretty soon. But do we have? Did had we already ate most of my Yours, first bear? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah cuz we cooked, well I shouldn't I mean Preston was awesome. Preston was with us. Mm-hmm. Preston like jumped in to like putting bear on the Traeger during the day oh, yeah. to like get stuff slow cooking. Did that whole that whole leg. Yeah, we did the that whole, whole leg. Like the whole rear quarter. Yeah, we did a whole rear quarter, shaved it mm-hmm. smooth and then did like a thin sliced slow cooked quarter was it like a i guess it was like a shaved bear sandwiches sandwiches. barbecue sandwiches i guess and then they were stellar and then Mm. we took the back straps Mm -hmm. and did um that freaking stir fry was unreal it was actually kill cliff well, yeah, with the orange. Yeah, we did it was orange the blood kill orange cli- kill cliff. Blood orange kill cliff ginger mm-hmm. that stir was awesome. fry with those spring onions that were growing wild on the mountain. Yep. Oh yeah, that we brought legitimate. so many of those back. God, my all my gear smelled like onions I from didn't like care. when we were crawling around the Onion Mountain. Yep, Onion Mountain. It was that was super fun. So your family was totally accepting to the fact that you like went on a bear hunt. Oh yeah, and then you came back. Now my my, it was pure circumstance that um, I think my dad and my brothers weren't hunters. Like it was just where we were and lack of exposure and um, I can totally see that because like my my dad's dad grew up in uh, in Spokane. Washington and he hunted up there and raised horses. Your grandfather? My dad's dad, okay. my grandfather. And then my mom's dad grew up in Cincinnati and he hunted squirrels and coons. And okay. Like, you know, yeah. so they were from depression to just post depression era farms. Like they, yeah. they did the whole nine yards of like, you know, we got to put food on the table. Yep. You know, whatever the case. So it's not like it was outside the culture for the family, but it was a new thing, you know, and then they asked why and I explained it in a really candid and straightforward way and I'm glad you and Barclow and those guys are able to explain it and I'm I'm really glad that I spent so much time with Dusty and Bert because they were able to really key me into why that is a management issue 
Yeah. In that area, specifically, well, and th- all over. But you get it though. I, I, the thing I, is, I, like, we're here in Iowa. If we're here in Iowa, if someone said I'm gonna go hunt <clears throat> a bear, and I'd, I'd be like, I've. I'm in the woods all the time. I never see a bear. What bears? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what bears are you talking about? But when you go up there, I mean, we saw every one of us saw multiple bears every day. I mean, how many did they think we counted? 300 or something? It was ridiculous. I can't even remember. It was absurd. Yeah. An absurd number of bears. Yep. So, I mean, at that aspect, it's like, wait a minute. I'm seeing more bears driving around than I see whitetails here driving around, right? Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've been we you've been here, you've been here a full day. We've driven around. We saw a like pretty good farm handful country. of whitetails. Yeah, bedded. If we were hunting bears and covering ground, we would have saw more for sure. Way more. We saw one like every four miles on the road, <laughs> crossing the road, looking at us like a big old raccoon. Yeah. What's up, dude? What are you doing here? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that time of year, <clears throat> if I'm fair to the bears, if I'm bear fair, um. The their food is very limited to like where the snow's melting first, which is on the side of the road. So they're they're there. They're concentrated. But we they're saw like, them all across the fields. Like they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They um, are for sure. Like looping it back to the food thing for me. Um, a guy that ended up passing away during a training accident uh, at the team out in Hawaii. When I showed up, he was also from California. and was uh, older than me. <clears throat> and Matt Leathers, um, he taught me how to really spearfish and how to be a spearfisher. Okay. Um, I really want to do that. So Matt and I fished together, um, almost exclusively together, for like two and a half years straight. Um, always like weekends and after work. and Is that similar to archery? It's like, very does, similar to archery. Yeah. And so I was getting a lot of my fish meat. Yep. From hunting parrotfish and. What's your favorite, like for typical spearfishing in Hawaii? Yeah. Um, like parrotfish is really good. It is. Yeah. How would you relate it to tuna? It's not like tuna. It's a whitefish. Okay. Yeah, tuna is different. More like a tilapia. More like a tilapia. Mm, yeah, or a halibut or. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, you know, he taught me all the traditional ways of fishing and he taught me some of the traditional ways of hunting and some of the traditional ways of getting rid of like the worms. And it, it was, it was a great experience yeah. to learn that from somebody yeah. in that like mentorship style, you know, like, Oh Matt, you know, how do I do this? And what do I do? And yeah. how does this work? And why does this work? And how can I get better doing this? And he just took me along. Yeah. We got along really well. And, um, I learned a shit ton from him, and I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Uh, he ended up passing away uh, like a year and a half before I left the team. Okay. He drowned during an accident. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my real introduction to that kind of experience, because I'd all only had like the romantic version of it in my mind. Yeah. Because I grew up on like Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. It was like my favorite movie growing up. I mean, I'm serious. I love that movie, and oh, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen it. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a mountain man. You yeah. Know? Like, I had a poster in my room of like him like that walking up in the snow, like yeah. wearing all the all the skins. And then you met Bert, and you're like, damn it. Like, I like, found like, Bearclaw. Yeah. <laughs> here he is. Like, <laughs> Bearclaw. There's Bearclaw. I said that to Dusty when we were up there, and he's like, yeah. 
you're By right. the way, you don't want to see Bert's bear claw. <laughs> <laughs> it's a maneuver that <laughs> I've unfortunately seen. I won't, I won't ask about it. Yeah, don't. You can ask Dusty, be like, hey, does Bert have a move called the bear claw? And he's just going to be like, don't ever see, don't ever look at that. So, like, that was a, my first initial, like, mountain man. Like, oh, yeah, you can hunt and trap and do that stuff. And yeah. Like, that's really cool. You know, and then uh, I move out to Hawaii, and I'm at the team out there, and Matt teaches me how to fish. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And Matt was really in with the locals, and he was starting to get other stuff lined up, like spear hunts with pigs, and would have been neat to see that. I didn't, It didn't end up happening. Um, and then I, as I was getting out of the Navy lined up with right when Andy was learning to um, hunt with you. Yeah. They were like getting introduced to the whole process. Yep. And I started bugging him. I'm like, that's a thing that I want to do. I had no interest in rifle hunting. Just none. Yep. I carried a gun for long enough doing other stuff. I, I, I don't think Andy just had I'd, interest in that either. <clears throat> no. I know I've, I've now. Talked, like, I've talked to him about it. Like, we'll do it. Like, yeah. I will perform I the function. It's, we get in the moment. I just don't. It, yeah. Like, I'm not going to like, if I see the two on the shelf, I'm like, all right, what's the goal here? Yep. Do I want to go do a hunt or do I need to like put meat in the freezer? Yep. Okay. Tool meat in the freezer. That's an entire experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I was bugging him and then he knew I wanted to do it. I, I, mean, I wasn't bugging him like a, dick like it's like <laughs> hey man you know like remember when i like sort of talk he's to a you? good filter if the right person asks him once then he he'll send me a thing and be like this is someone who yeah is like, like means it and he wasn't gonna like he wasn't blowing me off yeah i wasn't also gonna like bug the shit out of him because he had other <laughs> stuff going on yeah. like i'm his friend like i'm not some weirdo like i don't yeah. need to like poke him all the time and we were jumping together and i say poke him yeah, it's fun to poke him. Yeah, especially now. Yep. You'll listen to this, Andy. I'm gonna continue poking you. He might be too big to even listen to me anymore. <laughs> like there was a time when he'd be like, "Hey, dude, good podcast." Now he's like, "I don't know. I gotta put it in your show I, notes. I, yeah, tag him. I gotta call his agent and freaking. <laughs> hey, can you see if Andy can listen to my podcast? Ask Jamie. Yep. <laughs> but um, that was really the only way I wanted to go hunting was that yeah i I had stopped spearfishing and part of that was because matt died and part of it was because i moved yeah i was like like i'll go do it now i call it just at the time i was like all right i'm not really interested like i got rid of my gear and it kind of put a sour taste in my mouth for a little bit about that specifically now that you've hunted and now that you've i guess went through my training so to speak i mean you've more or less went through my process i Mm -hmm. guess um (laughs) the full process yeah (laughs) what do you (laughs) and well and today this morning Mm -hmm. you built your first bow which is super cool assisted in building the bow yeah well i mean the fact that i talked you through everything to me that's that's very very relative yeah it's different than when i just like send one to someone even though we didn't time wise we didn't have the ability to be like, okay, you do it, you do it, you do it. Because I would have undone it if it wasn't right. I was things where I'm like, I'm going to do this part because 
Because it needs to get done. It this needs way. to get. Yeah, we don't yeah. have like an hour because most likely you're not going to do it bad. You're just not going to do it perfect. And it might might as well be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people see it with my name on it, I just I let's just make sure it kind of has my imprint. Um, <laughs> just so everybody knows, uh, I did the bottom little serving on the peep site. So uh, yeah. don't worry about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a few little twirls in it, and I was like, <laughs> technically, I wouldn't, I would have cut that off, but um, it's, it, you know, that has your mark. But do you like the hunting aspect, or do you really? Because I mean, you do a really <laughs> good job of training. You do a good job of putting time behind the bow. And really just... You got to. I mean, I feel the same I way I know you have shooting. to, but do you enjoy that part? Yeah. Like, do, do you legitimately well, I enjoy, enjoy that part? I enjoy getting good at things. Or are you just saying, I'm doing, you know, <sighs> no. I, I need these reps because I'm doing this. <clears throat> I need these reps because I'm doing that. Or, or are you like, I'm improving today. This is awesome. Or, you know, I tomorrow I have to get better at that. I wasn't good enough today. Like, so I try not to imprint negative emotions upon something like that. Yeah. That's a good practice. Um, I imprint doing the process correctly and forming good habits. So I take a really positive spin mentally Mm -hmm. on doing things habitually the right way yeah you know like when you told me today like hey mirror the thumbs and bring it up and only have it this far from your face i was thinking about that a lot Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure you could smell the wheels in my head like (laughs) on fire yeah but then it was like i took pride in setting up and thinking about it and then doing it like that yep because i mean you can see once you did it a few times did you realize why i'm telling you to do that i realized it the first time okay i was like oh yeah no that and then like with the elbow when you're like hey just relax just a little bit and then you could see that Mm -hmm. but i'm very i'm very process oriented yeah i think really really good people they are (laughs) and i sound like a broken record saying this i you know because i i talk about it a lot but i just feel like there's people out there that are just good guys, good people, you know, good. I don't, you know, I don't like, I say good guys. I know there's, there's, yeah, there, there's good women out there too, but I, you know, I probably get reached out to a hundred to one with guys, but oftentimes I see guys where I can tell they're not really where they want to be in life, you know, and they might be like, you know, I've, they make little comments like must be nice or something like that. And yeah. I sit there thinking, <clears throat> man, these little details would get you so far in life. Uh, you know, and, you know, it's I, like these I, little bitty things. You don't get it, dude. It's not. I've caught those comments. Like I've caught the, oh, must be cool. Like and sometimes they're not meant to be mean or negative or like reaching. But I've, I mean, I've, I've had a fair number of people that have said, you know, are you ever not traveling or are you ever not doing something cool? Or how do you know all those people? Or yeah, it must be neat to be able to like have those things. I'm like, ah, that's not, <laughs> it doesn't just happen, dude. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't like walk up to an ATM and get my coupons for cool shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> isn't the, isn't the, um, I forgot who said it. I think it was either, I think it was either you, Barklow or Andy. 
But at some point, I've heard one of you guys talk about, um, and this is a basic fundamental that I, I even do in camp. You know, this is something I do in camp. It's something I do before I leave people's homes that I stay in. But, <laughs> you know, someone talked about, like, every day making the bed. Like, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And I forget who said it, but someone's like, it's not about the fact that the bed needs to be made. Like, that the bed needs to look made. It's about the fact that, like, you're taking the discipline to making the bed. And it's like simple, simple things like that. Um, you know, it's like I almost do it more in realms that are outside of my normal life. But it's like those little things, those super, super little things of, you know, if you're a guy that works at a tire shop and you don't put a tool back in a toolbox, like that's like that same, it's pretty much the same fundamental, right? Yeah, because... It's not about not doing it once or twice. Yeah. yeah everybody miss, misses something. Mm-hmm. Everybody is in a rush once or, you know, once in a while. But it's the habituation of it. Yeah. It's, you know, like with practice. Yeah. Or, God, I made, I made a social media post about it a while ago. I was in the airport on a, like a delayed flight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like perfect time let me like I'll, I'm gonna sit down and like I did a shit ton of push-ups like oh you don't have time to work out yep I just found 40 minutes yeah by the way I'm traveling I'm in an airport it's 11 p.m. yeah you have the time just tell me it's not a priority don't tell me you can't do it yeah that's okay yeah but don't tell me you can't do this thing that I know you can do and yeah there are things you can't do I get it yeah but <laughs> not putting in 10 minutes of or 20 minutes of practice you know like i mean i said it today like i'm glad i have that right release and a release mm-hmm. with me all the time yeah because there are times that i know i can't practice but at least i can think about practicing and at least thinking about it and having a release and a release aid in my hand yep do something yeah learning a release <laughs> aid is it like lear- truly learning a release aid i feel like is something that, you know, I know that there's books out there about mastering and is it, I don't even know what they say, but is it like 10,000 hours? Yeah. 10,000 so they, reps they say 10,000 hours, but that's, uh, it's, I, th- I think it's been gone over now that it's a misquote of the true, it's 10,000 hours of purposeful practice. Which is it, good. I done. like that saying. And I tell people that when you're practicing for things like, archery or shooting yeah purposeful practice yep you know or i said it in the car every time you're doing a thing you're, you're doing it you're making a habit yeah stronger weaker or it's going one way or the other good or bad yeah you're, you're making yeah. something better or worse yep um so it's ten thousand hours of purposeful practice yep which probably means about a fifty thousand hours of practice yeah. time yeah. Because how often, even with somebody that really knows what's going on, like with you, how often do you go into the range and say you're there for two hours? Is that 120 minutes of purposeful practice? Not, probably not, even if you really want it to be. Exactly. You know, your phone might go off or... I look know, at 10,000 and to <clears throat> me that seems like nothing. It is nothing. I mean, that's... I mean, honestly, I didn't get to work... 
there's no way I felt like I was at a Jedi level of archery after that amount of time. It took me five times that. Because it's all the practice, right? You need all that practice and then all in that. All f- in all fairness, it, I wasn't like, I think if you start out really good and you're a very task-driven person like mm-hmm. you or I, like I think if you did 10,000 reps with a bow, I think you would be five times further than me after in a similar time frame yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but part of that is i did you know i spent nine years in a job that allowed me to learn how to learn really well and then i've taught that's certainly dynamic skills yeah a hundred percent that's relative but having a clean slate and having very good instruction off the get-go and then like you said not allowing things that aren't relative to deviate your course mm-hmm. you know that's what gets really hard with people if people are it's a fine line though i think of i think of people that are really gadgety and i'm like man the, if they would the gear whore yeah if they would just do this because they talk like, about that with cameras right with photographers oh yeah it's called like gear acquisition syndrome. Sharon, sh- like Sharon would be pointing at me right now, you know, oh. because I continually update cameras just because yeah. of the, <clears throat> I update cameras because the quality gets better. Yeah. But Sharon had an older camera that she went to school and learned every single, Mastered it. yep. Every single dial on it, every single button, every single wheel, what that position meant. And, and it, it it translates into the images. Yeah, you know, and it's it the does. same thing with archery. It's the it same does. thing with shooting. Um, I've told people, and like with this one, with, I'm pointing at a Sony A7 right now. I have a 35 millimeter lens on it. Yep. Unless it's for Black Rifle, and I, it's for marketing, mm-hmm. or it's for a specific contracted job, I'm not taking that lens off until I've taken three to five thousand frames with it yeah because i want to learn how to use this camera with that lens yeah you know and it's ta- it's that task oriented mindset where i do the same thing with like with archery like it was almost a, it was almost silly how i went about it <laughs> like i i, I took <coughs> i took what you said exceptionally literally remember when i uh came back from kansas and went home yeah I was like, hey, like my shoulder and my elbow is sore. And you're like, how much are you shooting a day? I'm like, 150 <laughs> arrows a day. And you're like, yeah, you need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, dude. Like, how many ar- how many arrows have you shot? It's been a week. A thousand. All right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, just because you see me shooting a thousand doesn't mean you like <laughs> dive headfirst into that. <laughs> into the shallow end of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it means something on the back end. And like for people listening, me coming from my background, um, it's super important to be very particular about how you practice and the mindset that's there. Yeah. And you need to have a end goal. And that end goal doesn't have to be the five-year, 10-year, 20-year goal. It doesn't even have to be tomorrow. Yep. It just has to be, the goal has to be the willingness to perform the practice correctly. Yep. And to not have an emotion associated with it. I've spent a long time disassociating emotion from 
specific parts of mechanical functions that I'm doing athletically or with a camera. Yep. Because I want to only focus on that stuff so that I can get better at it and perform it correctly and to the best of my ability Yep. and not associate positive or negative emotions because guess what? You associate positive with it and something bad happens that might put a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. You associate negative and then you don't want to do it at all. So if you're just kind of neutral density about it, yep. like I'm not saying like be melancholy and like all poo poo, mm-hmm. but if you're a little neutral about it and just like very scientific, yeah, then you can be emotional about like the rest of what's going on. Like yeah. target, you know, like hitting the target on the, on the XX, yeah. you know, or hitting the animal perfectly and it expires like right away, yep. you know, or being in camp and like having a great time with your friends. Now there's no stress associated with what's going on yeah. and you're getting better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you have to be able to you have to be able to get to the point where you're not <clears throat> so focused on the outcome. You know, you have to have goals. You have to have goals one that are attainable. Yeah. To that deep down you know that you can you'll truly commit to. Yeah, like you'll stick to needing to do it. Yep. And then also you know, lofty lofty goals are important for pushing yourself. But there's also, you know, there's hunts where I go on a hunt, and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like we need to get anything. Like, honestly, we're doing a – we've got a pretty awesome group of people getting ready to do a, a hog hunt here pretty soon. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think anybody going there really cares if we shoot a pig. I mean, I mean, it'd be cool. Yeah, it w- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. But I also feel like what we experience in that environment, and then also like everybody getting to shoot, everybody getting to practice some, everybody getting away, everybody kind of building on, you know, essentially our our friendships that are all crazy enough they all are similar because of a a bow hunting like passion which is it's pretty damn cool um you know really really cool but i think having that is like you're okay with that you have contentment with that then everything else is just a bonus yeah and regardless of you know i think if you're in that position too People are more likely to have success if an opportunity presents itself in the field rather than everyone going there thinking like, I need to shoot the biggest one. I want, you know, that's that to me, that's what like ruins camp environments is like, if you're worried about getting the first, if you're worried about getting the biggest, if you're worried about, yeah, if as soon as you're on that road, you you've kind of singled yourself out. Yeah. You know, in a way you've kind of like alienated yourself. You put yourself down a road <laughs> of like Sorry guys, I got yeah. shit to do. Yeah. You came here with us. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, this past year, I was that way just because of the fact of what I do when I switched to Sitka, I knew that I had 14 years of essentially content that I needed to be able to have out there that was in something new. Yeah. And I, and it was a commitment. 
Like this was for those listening. I know you know some people might be sick of me talking about this, but people need to understand that I'm true to who I am and I'm true to the brand because of the fact this was a major decision for me. And it was actually one that three or four years ago when I had some conversations with Sika because my contract was expiring with UA, I told him flat out, like, I don't feel like this is, this is a right move. Not necessarily for me, but I'm like, I don't feel like I can do justice for Sika because the way I have commitments the you know my time availability and my time to actually put your product to use in the environment that it deserves i can't commit to that yeah. so at this point in time you know as much as this would be cool it's it's not just wasn't it's not 100% like i'm not able to give 100% i'm i'm like literally telling you right now i'm only going to be a 70% capable person but then once once I made the decision of this is what I'm going to do, I put everything else on hold and just said, I'm which, getting ready to like. Which took forever. Yeah. I, I mean, I was sitting there for some of your like mulling and you know, watching the gears turn in your head. I, th- I think I was on the phone for you a couple times like Dude, talking decisions about it. like, like that are really hard for me. <sighs> changing. I think you and me and Andy had like a group text that went forever. Like Changing. <sighs> Changing any type of brand for me is I I get to the point where I'm like, am I better off losing money? Like, can I pay these people to not have to make a change in decision? Yeah. Like it gets that bad for me. Whereas other people are like, Oh, you'll give me a dollar more, I'll change. Got it. Yeah. That's shiny. Oh, a dollar more? I'll take it. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking like Oh my God, what do I have to do to, I mean, all I want to do is be consistent and transparent to my friends, my followers, you know, but it's super, it's, it's very invigorating to be around people like that. And it's also part of hope. So it's it's part, it's a huge part of who you are and it's, it's a big deal amongst all of the guys that, you know, you have as close friends. Like, yeah. I think all of us are similar in that. Like, that, you know, you know the companies I work with. Yeah. And like, those are companies that I'll either never leave. Yep. You know, in the foreseeable future. Yep. Or will always stand by. Because they've done things for me, and that's just how I am. Yeah, that's just my personality. We and need more people like that, man. I was, ha- I was having this discussion with one of the guys <laughs> at the space in Salt Lake, and yeah. he's like, "Man, it's uh, well." And and Mark said it too, Twyatt, who is a professional climber. Yeah. And he stopped climbing as a sponsored climber when he had a discussion with himself. It's yeah. Like, am I doing this for me, or am I doing it for other people? Yeah. Is this because I like what I'm doing, or is this because they need it? Yep. And he and then he looks up and he's like, "Look, man, it's amazing how uh, how little people will sell out for, isn't it?" Yeah. And he didn't just mean money. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. He meant fame and notoriety and just being on a billboard. And yep. Yeah. More people need to focus on what it means to them. Yeah. Not what it will get them. 
Well, when people do that, they become very, very addicting. You know, you look at someone like, you look at someone like Rogan. He's like so passionate about the things that he talks about that you want to hear his opinion because he's very, very transparent on things. You know, like those, those types of people are addicting people to be around. Jocko's same thing. Like he doesn't, he's not wishy-washy. He's very. He's not holding his tongue about stuff. (laughs) Yeah. He's super straightforward. Neither is Andy. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, you know, fortunately I haven't had the time where Andy's looked at me and been like, Hey man, what the F, you know? Yeah. But I've seen him, you know, I've seen him call out people that we've been with where I'm like, okay, man, someone pushed a freaking button. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he has a standard as a person that he's entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not been on the receiving end either. It's good. It's good <laughs> that we haven't. I, I I think so. I mean, maybe in buds, but I'm not really sure if that was instructor Andy or Andy Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I honestly, went, I those two things times. are the same. Yeah. 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 There's there's crap, Andy. Well, it was funny watching um, George and Andy go at it in my post yesterday about George that was hilarious arrows. oh yeah I, I was watching that like, <laughs> you guys cannot you guys cannot have one thing better than another one like i don't know if that's just written in the law but it is for whatever reason um i'm looking forward to uh camp with with me you bridges andy and our buddy wes oh that's gonna be fun oh god oh my lord there's yeah. gonna be some feats of strength going on yeah <laughs> that are well uh, in all fairness wes and i are gonna just look back and like i'm actually gonna do a serious ab- i'm gonna do like four <laughs> weeks of pure abs <laughs> to just make sure i don't cramp from <laughs> laughing between like <laughs> you bridges and andy it's just gonna be the ridiculous. constant bickering of like i mean it's like having two kids in the back seat where they're like brother and sister and they're too close together and you're just like <laughs> you two shut up now there's gonna be three of us <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. It's going to be like mustache jokes, height jokes, instructor jokes. <laughs> yes. I look forward to that. Oh, it's going to be fun. That's a big reason why I have all of you with me is so I can should enjoy we get a, some Should of we that. get a rower put up there secretly? <laughs> Dude, there's a, there's a real <laughs> rower. Like there's going to oh, be. Oh, the rowboat? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a rowboat on this lake. I want and, no part of that. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, you've been there. You know, there's times where Nick's like, I think we have enough gas. And he's like holding the can upside <laughs> down. Hilarious. But the rowboat could for sure be a possibility of us just getting somewhere. Yeah. So we'll in that Josh case, row. like, yeah, we're like, Josh, get after it, dude. <laughs> Real 500 how meter many row. Cow- yeah. How many cows do you think he'll burn with like five grown men in a rowboat <laughs> from here to that bear <laughs> yeah does bert count as a man and a half he's like bert, half, he's like half bear bert 100 percent will not row <laughs> like, <laughs> i can tell you right now he may hand someone the paddle but that would be maximum and his fireball yeah yep fireball and hand you a, a paddle that's it no, it's gonna be awesome but it's also it's really 
it's great to be around people that are all very task-oriented and really good at what they do when they want to do it, but then can just let loose and not have an agenda associated with the back end. Yeah, I can guarantee you with that crew, like, <clears throat> no one's going to go to start a fire and there's no firewood. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. There's not going to be <laughs> garbage cans with, like, shit flowing out of the garbage can onto the floor because no one's pulled the bag out of the can. The day you guys left, um, Nick went inside and was, like, cleaning up inside the cabin because they, they were, like, uh, Ashley was outside. Yeah. And so was, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Britt. Britt was outside, and they were all, like, raking and mm-hmm. cutting weeds and stuff. And then they all went inside for a second, and they they came back outside, and they caught me cutting weeds and raking. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? You paid to be up here. I'm like, but I can't stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to do something. I'm sorry. As a I'm, – I'm not going to say as an outsider to the hunting community, but in a way it is fair to say that because obviously you're a hunter now. You've had success and you've had commitment. But when you see our industry from, Mm -hmm. like, your background, like, based on where you grew up Mm -hmm. and things like that, when you look at the hunting community, because I know you, you're, like, obviously your feed is going to show you things now, Mm -hmm. right? Just because you're, just because you're following knock on archery, naturally your feed's going to, like, show you things that may not be, you know, it's essentially clickbait. What do you see us still doing as an industry that you think has a negative impact? Holding on to the, um, so I'll liken it to some of the stuff that goes on in the veteran community, which is like the bro vet syndrome. Yeah. Um, like helping, helping pick up or uplift the careers or spotlight people that maybe don't, aren't great examples. Yeah of what's going on in the, yeah. on the, in the veteran community <clears throat> and uh, only because they were, oh yeah, no, that guy served. Yeah. Look, bro, and Andy has said this Yeah, and I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. just because you're a team guy doesn't mean you're my friend. Yeah. Right. Nor does it make you a good person. Yeah. It's the same. And I'm, that's what I see is the biggest hurdle that hunting is as a activity and a community of people that hunt. Yeah. And base their livelihoods around it. Mm-hmm. And then their identity yep. around that activity is the, is the culture that doesn't have the full circle. I'm part of the environment. I'm part of the ecosystem. Yep. Picture. In a it, way they're it, in it for them. It comes across as the, I understand. Yep the emotion behind the grip and grin. Yeah. But I am like mortified at. Don't shoot it because that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. At the, yep. at the knowledge that there are people where that's happening in the back of their head, mm-hmm. whether it's like this conscious choice of, I want to go do that thing, which I really haven't run into very much of that at all. Yeah. But maybe it's in the, maybe it's there somewhere. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you really want to get that picture. You can sit. Yeah. You can you can see it, and and know. that's that's what that's what kills me. Yeah, you know, and that's why I told Dusty, and I, I, I was happily surprised. I mean, I was happy that he was surprised, but I was also happy that he was really glad to see it, 
when we got that bear on the table and I'm like, all right, let's go. I want to skin this thing. Yeah. I want to quarter it. Like I want to do all. And I was like, I was not hands off on that thing for one minute. It's pretty rare. And it I was, mean, from, it from was dusty, not, it was from, not warm outside. Yeah. It was, it was cold. It was, it was BC normal. It was BC average. If I'm honest, average. if I'm honest, like it's, it's too, too, TBC. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it <laughs> too, frigid, but too, it, it wasn't, expected. it wasn't warm out. Yeah. That's kind of what I was implying. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, and this is true for, you know what? This is true for probably damn near every Canadian guide. Like any Canadian guide that does early spring here, spring bear hunts or moose hunts, like they don't do any of that breakdown where they're not, their hands aren't freezing and it's not freaking cold. Yeah. Like my hat, my hat's off to those guides that have to, you know, turn claws, turn ears, turn noses you know, do full capes, break everything down. And, and they're literally the grabbing. Yeah. They're grabbing frozen meat and yeah. doing it. And I mean, and the, those guys do it like that's they what do. they're there for. It's dude. I can probably count on one hand how many people I've seen go out and jump in and be like, Hey, instead of you doing this, can you show me how to do it? Like my hat was off to you for that. That's, that's a huge step. The fact that you wanted to do that and wanted to learn it, you know, I think there's, there comes a time where you've done it so much to where, like, for example, um, and I say this because Dusty and Jeremy, a lot of times take vacation, they come to one of my hunts and they, they want to just hang out and they want to be there. And there's times where, you know, we get something on the ground and those two just jump in there. And there's certainly times where I'm like, man, I feel bad not doing anything right now. But I also know deep down there's times where I'm doing that for other people. It's mm -hmm. not, I'm not doing it because I've never been willing to learn it or put in the effort. It's like, I, f I realize that they've come, they kind of want to jump in like they were there to be part of the hunt. And I was the one with the tag I shot and they're jumping in and that's kind of part of their, their fun, you know, getting in there with that. Um, but I also know that if I was with them in a camp and, you know, I wouldn't just like keep doing it and then stepping back and saying, well, I'm not going to do this. Like, I think that's, I think it's a valid part of, of the responsibility of the hunter. I like, think it is too. If you dive and, in there and, and do I, that, I felt like and if you're not willing to do it, then you need to be reconsidering, should I be making this shot? Like if I'm not going to do this. Do you not want to process that thing? Yeah. Because you killed it. Yeah. Yep. Look, yep. I understand if for expediency's purpose, mm -hmm. it's getting dark. Yep. You're, you're shitty at breaking an animal down. Mm -hmm. You're, you're still trying to help guides like, Bro, I can get this done in 20 minutes. Yep. Let him do it. Yeah. I understand that. Yep. Totally get it. Or weather's moving in. You know, there's some, re we have to get this done right now. Yep. You know, or you just rang the dinner bell for some predators are mm -hmm. out there. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, to me, the reason I 
And I told him beforehand. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it while we were driving up. I'm like, I really want to learn how to do this whole process. Yeah. Because that's part of the human experience. Yep. It's in our genetics. It's in our DNA. Like, we've been doing this for tens of thousands of years. And I wanted to be part of the process and learn from people that it had had that taught to them physically. Yep. Like, like Bert. And if you're going to be self-efficient, self-sufficient as a hunter, you better know how to do it. Damn right. Because that's the thing. Like Andy got to the point where, you know, we went on a hunt together and he's like, okay. And I told him, I'm like, hey, man, I've got to go out on my own. Like I've got to go. You got to go. Are you cool? And he's like, yeah, I'll figure it out. And then I think think he realized pretty quick. He's like, you know what? (laughs) I needed it like – I needed to know how to call. And so even when I saw him two weeks ago, he's already working on his elk call. And he's like showing me. And I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, that's good. And he realized then if he doesn't know how to do some of that stuff, then that means he's 100% dependent on someone always doing it for him. Yeah. And he's never going to be able to just go on his own elk hunt. Yeah. Or he's never going to be able to, you know, if he has no idea how to like field dress an animal, then what happens is he's going to shoot this animal in the middle of somewhere and he's just going to be like, okay, uh-oh, what do I do? Yeah. Like you have to get in there and do it. And I think when people do that too, honestly from – there's one thing that – there's one thing that's a little bit weird as a hunter is when people are – when people are trophy hunting. See, I'm not – I'm not like ignorant to the fact of, you know, people go do it. Yeah. There's certainly people that have standards and they want to shoot bigger things than what they've shot before. They're going to eat the meat. They're going to consume the meat. Great. But they also really like to shoot big animals. You know, that's what they like. I think that when it comes down to those guys that dramatically lower their standards on the last day because they just want something... If they were the one, the only one that had to take care of that whole process and they knew deep down, like, I'm going to be the one doing all this, then they, when they make that shot, they know 100%, like, yeah, I'm willing to, to do that. That was the case with, um, with Barklow, like, when the three of us were, bull, were hunting elk. And, I mean, it was the last like i'm not even gonna say minute i'm gonna say it was the last 30 seconds i think i got a text from you guys like oh we did it yeah we freaking (laughs) did it and i mean we made that shot and i remember you know it wasn't as big of a bull as what i know barklow would have liked to have taken but in the end like he's like i want like i want some elk in my freezer yeah and when he hit it you know he kind of looked at me like what time's your flight? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I need to be at the airport at 4 a.m. We're looking, well, we got a three-hour drive. It, you know, here's the time. And then he's looking at me. He's like, dude, are we? And I'm like, hey, man, we're, <laughs> we'll have this thing broken down. I think we can be broke down back at camp by 1 a.m. We got a three-hour, like, I think we're literally to we'll the make minute. It. Like, we're going to make it. And... It was 100%. Like, when he made that shot, I know all that stuff was clicking in his head. And that's important. I think that's a really important step for hunters to – and it's because they understand it. It's you because need to be he, self-aware. Yeah, he knows what all – like, what that meant. It's not like he was like, yeah. okay, I made the shot. Hey, I, I'm going to get my picture. I don't know if the rest of the team – 
needs to make flights or anything or if the rest of the team really wanted to hump this thing out of here but i'm gonna get like he knew right away i made that shot this is what it meant well and, and you know that kind of that some of that comes from the community we came from yeah you know it's the you finish like we would routinely finish dives yeah midnight 1 a.m 2 a.m mm-hmm. and then it's you're not done you know you get the team gear washed off yep then you get your personal gear washed off mm-hmm. then you get yourself washed off yep and then you have a debrief then maybe you're done yeah it's 5 a.m yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that comes from that kind of that that background where it's not like oh cool we're done peace yeah here's my shit in the corner you know and i like i felt like that when we brought that bear back put it on the table and i'm like all right well you know yeah decisions however, equal responsibility however long right? this takes like it's yep however long it takes and i guess that's it yeah you know and it was it was awesome that everybody was there to participate in that with me yeah i mean you guys lost your minds that was hilarious <laughs> put the knife down okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. I'm looking forward to this trip. It's going to be just, really fun. It was great, you know, and I was so happy that Dusty was so happy to cuz I know that he's done that more than enough. Like he's skinned more than enough of those. But I've got I, to the point I, now where I don't even want to hunt with people that aren't happy for other people in camp. Yeah. Well, and I was so happy that he was happy to teach me too. Oh. He's like, "Oh, you want to learn?" Really? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because Dusty's the point where it's like, holy cow, if I teach this guy how to do this he next w- year, <laughs> I'm going to get an extra 30 minutes of sleep times seven days. I won't have to do the whole thing. He'll do the <laughs> yes. other half. <laughs> yes. Dude, I was in um, I was in BC one time with Jeremy and Dusty, and I think, I think four moose hit the ground in one evening. That's a little bit of skinning. Well, skinning a moose isn't great, but like packing, packing a moose is not great. What are you not yeah. strong enough? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, like most people aren't by that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember getting in like our guide cabinet. You know, it was like I think we start hunting. I think we get up to hunt at like four thirty, and that was like getting in the cabinet like three forty-five. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, we weren't one of the th- four people that got one. But all four of those other people needed help getting them out of there. Yeah, what are you going to do? Sit there and drink a beer and like Most people, them? yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I've been in camps where literally the hunters were like, hey, I paid for the hunt. Um, yeah, I mean, four guides come back. Everyone's got moose. Like, hey, you know, we just finished dinner. We'll see you guys in the morning and figure out what we're going to do with this moose. I mean, whether or not this aggravates anybody listening, I feel like that. It will. That, that, um, it will. That, but that, in that, a way, that, it's that a check, too. That statement's not paying. You're not paying for the hunt. You, yeah. You're, you're paying for the experience of being able to kill that animal and take the meat home, and that's it. Like, just go to the grocery store. Just have somebody else do it. Like, that's... I I personally find that as a really shallow version of a thing yeah. of a thing that you could be participating in 
Yeah. M- much I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, even setting all that aside, (laughs) if we take like, if we take the, I don't know, the brotherhood, the ethics, like if we take all that to the side, I'm just going to like break it down for the simple fact of you're missing out on something. Yeah. Because the fact that Jeremy and, and Dusty and Bert take vacation time every year to go on a hunt with me somewhere and not to hunt. Like they go to be there as part of the crew. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's because we've had moments like that where we're like, Oh my God, does this suck? Like you're falling down in a swamp with moose legs on top of you. And you're like, don't get the meat wet. And you're like in there (laughs) and you're like, like, give me a straw to breathe with. You know, or you freaking blow a tire and everybody's walking back to camp or, you or, know. Or like that that last bear I shot last year, you're like, y- you got it good? And I'm like, I did. You're like, I'd go get it. Yeah. Or or <laughs> like through all this stuff. for five hours. Like, run right, out of food and do it. Ca- run out of food in camp. Like, camps, run, camp out of, camp. run out of booze in camp. Camp snowed like, in. You have, like to, you have to these, dig your way to yeah, camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All these things are stuff where you're like, oh my God. Like, those are the things you talk about. Funny enough, people that people that look at like hunters as, you know, these guys that just want to like, you know, I see these spoofs that like Hollywood's doing on the deer hunter. And I'm like, this, you know, this is bullshit because they don't realize we actually talk more. We don't talk as much about the shot. Yeah. We, or you know, or like, hey, I shot that 30 pointer. Like we talk more about, dude, <laughs> do you remember that time when you blew that tire out and yeah. you had to walk 27 miles? Like, Dusty had a hunter one time, had a car failure in, like, the road that he was on. He knew we're either going to sit here for almost a a full day or, like, it's a morning hunt. We can leave now. We can technically walk back to camp. So, in a way, we're hunting. Mm -hmm. But it's a full marathon. It's 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 a full 27 miles. It's a little ways. Take you all and day. he did it. Like, he had a hunter, and the hunter's like, what are we going to do? He's like, we're just going to walk around here. And he's like, well, aren't we a long way from camp? And he's like, not really. And he said, like, every time they turned a corner, the guy's like, oh, my God, how much further? And he's like, it, dude, it's just right around this corner, I think. And he said he just had to do it. And he's like, in the end, he goes, dude, we probably had more of a hunt than if we were driving around the whole day. But yeah. they literally had to walk. You know, like they were 40K. the quietest. They were the quietest hunters <laughs> yeah. ever. Forty k. Well, I'll guarantee you that guy was dragging ass by the time. <laughs> by the time he got back to camp, just dead. But those are the thing. Like those are the things that you talk about. And I don't know. I think as a bow hunter, I think as a archer, you know the the reward is awesome. But man, don't miss the memories. And I'm sure with, like, going all the way back to where we started this podcast, something in that art field, like, in downtown Chicago, just wasn't tripping your trigger. No. But then, like, those types of things that you experience with your team guys, like, I'm sure that is what 
yeah, you'll I never mean, forget. And that's what makes you feel like I live life, man. Yeah, it's all the, it's the travel, it's the like sitting around the fire and bullshitting after or before missions when we're overseas or you know it's ordering 10 egg omelets on the submarine (laughs) yeah it's like i haven't done that yeah but i mean like it's the same it's the same shit you know or it's like oh we ran out of eggs and coffee because you guys ate them all yeah (laughs) you know like that's the same yes i did yes yes i I do recall i'm very full um but that's what that's what i remember and that's what i like those are the big parts of what you do outside of the training and everything else that's going on. Yeah. You sp- I spent more time with those guys, like three or four specifically that I was in both platoons with. Yeah. I spent more time with them than I did with any girlfriend or family member for six years straight, seven years straight. You know, just put that in perspective. Like yeah. <laughs> I get it. I spent I more time it. with some of those guys that were married than their wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting experience to do that. And then I'm glad I did. And I'm so happy that Andy came into the team space at the jump team one day looking for somebody who was a base jumper. <laughs> I thought I was deep shit. <laughs> and I've heard this story. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I thought it was such deep. I'm like, oh, they they caught me. What did he say? <laughs> oh, he, he, he opens up the door and he looks at um, the team trainer there. Who he had known a long time. Yeah. He's like, Jim, uh, who in here base jumps? Like that kind of tone. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. We had a couch in the team space. And uh, for those listening, like I'm sitting on a couch, like a normal, like sectional. And Andy opened the door. He's like 15 feet to my left. And I looked over and I'm just like memory immediately of him and Bud's. And I'm like, I'm so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is how it happens. I totally, somebody ratted on me. I'm in so much trouble. I don't even know what for it yet. What did you base jump off of? No, it wasn't, it wasn't even that. It was like, I just, people knew that I was a base jumper. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the Navy just decided today that it's not okay to be a base jumper and be in the SEAL teams. And I'm at this, like, I'm at the jump team. That's a, a goodwill effort. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, shit. (laughs) <laughs> right, and he comes over and he's like, "Cause Jim pointed at me, he's like, oh, Trevor." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Andy comes over and I'm like, "Yep." And he goes, "Cool." So I just got into base jumping and I'm like, "Oh Jesus, thank God!" <laughs> cool, you know. And and from there on, like, instantly the two of us, like, I remember having conversations with him and Buds and after Buds, and we got along conversationally. Yeah. But I was a, not even a new guy yet. Yeah. Like I hadn't even put my foot through the door. Yeah. I was like still knocking on the door, you know. And um, I'm so glad that we got along so well um, that day because, man, we started jumping together and, like, instantly we get along on so many different subjects and we have a lot of the same opinions. And he's introduced me. He's been gracious enough to introduce me to so many people that are inside his circle, too. Yeah. You know, and it's led to some incredible opportunities for me that I try and share the buck like share the energy too yeah you know like he introduced me to evan at 30 seconds out he introduced yep. me to evan at black rifle yep. like he introduced me to you like he introduced me to joe like yep. there's the amount of people he, he reintroduced me to barclow yeah you know like the amount of people that i've been able to reconnect with 
or get connected with that I just feel like I'm at home. Yep. You and know? now I'm put <clears throat> now I'm putty in your guys' hands on the jumping side. It's I mean it's a big piece of clay. <laughs> yeah, me. It's a big, I am a, it's big, a big green a bi- piece of clay. Yeah. Big green ple- piece of clay. That's Yeah, me. but you know you we're seeing and then you've seen in how you've jumped mm-hmm. what you see in us bow hunting or archery. Yeah. Task oriented, understanding how to learn, you pick up the skills and then you overanalyze just like all of us do. Yep. Cuz we are all so similar in that respect. Yeah. You, know, you give us a task like Oh, why are you doing this with this hand? And then every time the bow's coming up, it's like, oh, you're know, like fingers <laughs> and like oh, I'm checking this. And it's like you took really long to shoot that time. Like, yeah, well, I was, damn it, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good thing, but it's a, it's a common, it's a common denominator for people that progress in activity. And if you're listening and and you know and you're sitting there thinking, why haven't I ever progress then maybe it's a system check of you know are these are these things that you and i talked about today are these things you know tell yourself are these things that i'm really doing and if your answer is you know what i haven't done those a hundred percent yeah am i being thoughtful about my practice am i being truthful to myself have i really really done those? well i've kind of done them well then that means you didn't if you if you're a hundred percent like no i can do that better and and if you go and do that, then you will get better. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the what the task. I mean, I'm <clears throat> right now I'm being molded. Like I'm at the point where I I have some free time. I'm well, I shouldn't say I have free time. I'm making free time. And I'm making free time to <laughs> do jujitsu just because at some point I don't want Andy to have full control to choke me out. And depending on his drink level, and, it's going to happen. And honestly, I don't want Jocko to be able to. This may choke, might. This may might be interesting. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm like okay with him choking me out. I'm not okay with him like breaking my neck bone again, like that. Like my th- <laughs> whatever my throat bone is that he broke, I don't want to break that again. So if I know just enough to prevent that from happening, I want to be able to. Like I've made time to learn jumping because mm-hmm. i you know i thoroughly enjoy it but i also like to do stuff that you guys like to do and now um i'm really into i really want to learn the tactical side i've had our buddy um <coughs> wes build me a, a super cool long range rifle i need to see a- that and then yes you do <laughs> and um and then you need to you just got me an m4 so we're going to start doing just some tactical training, mm-hmm. which I've always wanted to learn um, with that. And then um, I'm going to do some, like, pistol training with Evan. Yeah. And these are, like, things that I'm a clean slate on, but I just, like, I want to just have a challenge and I want to learn something. I want to learn something that's important to good friends of mine. And once again, it's, it's a solidifier. It's like that stuff, I mean, as weird as it may sound, like, diving out of a plane with you is like a solidifier of friendship but it fleshes out that kind of it fleshes out relationships oh yeah you know it it doesn't keep it at this producer consumer level Mm -hmm. or teacher student yeah like 
it's a commitment. It shows commitment on both sides. You know, well, yeah, I think both directions. Yeah, every <laughs> friendship needs to be two way street. But especially stuff like that where it's like it meant. I think I said it when I was up when I showed up to BC, and I said it when we were interacting on the phone before that. Like the reason I was practicing so much was I was committed to doing it correctly. Because yeah, and if, you were like, if you're gonna spend time teaching me how to do this. Yeah, don't waste I'm that. I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's... I call them assholes. That's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... it's not, And it's not just embarrassing. It's it's unfair to the it's person. It's disrespectful. And it's unfair yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Why, why why try and do that if you're not going to give it a go? Yeah. A, a real go? Yeah. Commit to it. Stick to it. And then, in the end, if, if it's really not something, just go to the person and be like, hey, man. I mean, Jocko did that with me. He's like, hey... Right now, I do not have the time to shoot, but I I will make time when, like, I have windows. And he's like, when that happens and we're going to do that, like, that is going to happen. And he, and he even said, yeah, I want to, like, I want to go to one of these shoots with you. Yeah. And, and when, when I, and, like, I'm committed to that and I, I will prep for that. But there's also certain times a year, you know, I call it selective cycling. There's times a year where you just aren't able to commit to something new and that's the reality but be but, forward with that person and be like hey man right now i cannot do this but like not everybody has the specifically for practicing stuff like archery or mm-hmm. shooting like not everybody has the freedom of time and energy yeah. that like myself or andy well that or, goes back to practicing with a purpose or yourself yeah or like carrying the damn release and the right aid yeah the, yeah, the, if you carry you know, the right release with you and your you. release aid, if you have five minutes, <laughs> just pull it out and go through some repetitions. When Learn. I travel, I'll do yep. 50, 60 pulls mm-hmm. every day. Yep. Like, what you know, at least then I know what this feels. At least I know, like... Will you remember to hold your safety down? Like, as yeah, dumb as that sounds? Shit like that. Or, like, when you when you draw down. Yeah. Like, am d- I going to remember to draw down with the safety on because yeah. I've held it in my hand so many times that I understand how to do that? Or, like, today, I mentioned immediately that that new silverback. Yeah. I'm like, I think this is clicking back on its own. Yep. And it took me how many times of shooting? Two? Two yeah, shots. a few. Two shots. And yeah. I'm like, I think this is going on its own. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, people have said that. Yeah. And that's just... Because I've been, I've been habitually re recycling it, yeah. so I'm ready for the next shot because I've been using that aid. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff's super important. Like, is it a priority? Yes or no? Like, so people are listening. Like, <laughs> is a thing is you heading out? Is practice a priority right. for you, or are things a priority? Just if it is, make time, and if it's not, that's okay. It's a good way to end it. We're, I don't even know how long we've been doing it, but we're actually cool enough. Well, this is a uh, first podcast from new Knock on HQ. What do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I like it in here. I've I wanted to be in here for a while, but I just have not been able to. It's well, we've been in here for a while now. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> we have. It's funny. This is this is uh this is kind of Sharon's. It's funny because sweet like, spot, but I expected more green on the inside. I know people say that. I, I overdo green in certain aspects, so there's also times where it's like, you know what, I need black and gray. Or like yesterday. That's what my hair that's what my hair says. Or like yesterday black when, and gray. when you were just blue and camo. Yeah, me. I've been freaking people out and wearing blue. So, yep, 
Dudley's I'm, invisible when he's blue, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm walking at you at the airport, and I see you looking Around. two feet to the left of my shoulders and then two feet to the right of my shoulders. Get and you're, like, looking past me, and I'm like, is he kidding right now? <laughs> no, you literally. No, he's an idiot. You're like, you're like, oh, my God, you're not in green. <laughs> okay. Yep. That was me. I was, you know, that three-foot-wide guy walking <laughs> straight at you. <laughs> But uh, no, this was a super fun podcast. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here. We've got thanks for we've got me. several weeks together. We have almost a month together. We, yeah, <laughs> we have a very full schedule. I won't even talk about it, but it's going to be good. Lots of super cool things uh, coming together. Some we've actually things. had Killcliff here for a few days, uh, kind of just hanging out and seeing everything that happens on a daily basis. And we've been doing some shooting, did mm-hmm. a little practice in a day, and getting ready to do a little bit of hunting. Uh, we're going to... Fly in the wind tunnel? Yep. We're going to do some some tunnel time. We've got a lot coming up. There's going to be some cool podcasts coming up, people. I don't want to give you... Oh, sp- yeah. I, it's not, I can't do a spoiler. No, there's going to be a bunch of people around that are going to make some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, there's a fun... I can second that. There's a serious month of... month. It's going to be March Madness. Right? Yeah. Um, and maybe the NCAA. What day uh, is it? 27 February. March 4. Posse so, starts rolling. March 4 begins March Madness. <laughs> It'll probably be the 5th. Nope. Yeah. Well, Feb 27th. Really Actually, we can do it the 4th. We can do it Friday. Me, yeah. Andy. Yeah, me and Andy can can <laughs> can kick in. So that's going to be it. But uh, thanks, everybody. Appreciate the heck out of all of you there. And remember... Uh, Knock On Podcast brought to you by all of you, the Knock On Nation. You guys supporting everything is what makes the world go round in in the Archer universe. So thank you very much, and uh, be sure to check out Trevor. What's your Instagram? Thompson underscore Parasports. And uh, let me second that Dud really does care about each and every one of you guys. It's Aww. incredible. So. <laughs> Keep tuning thank, in. Thank you, man. Yeah, let's get out of here. We got to do, we still have an hour to shoot and uh, do things. Yeah, and then we're going to go find some type of food. I cook twice. I like food. All right. See you, everybody. Knock on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>